0: Talks podcast, I am joined by Dr. Merzenich, a leading professor of neuroplasticity at the University of California in San Francisco, USA, whose team was recently involved in a longitudinal trial into the effect of brain training on cognitive decline and dementia. So first, your team has been involved in the ACTIVE trial, the ten-year results of which were recently presented at AAIc 2016. Please could you outline this project and your team's involvement, and are you able to share with us any preliminary findings?
1: Uh, Lauren, actually, the ACTIVE trial was a, is a very important um, American-run uh, trial supported by the National Institutes of Aging, and it was run independent of us. It was initiated more than 10 years ago, Uh, And in the trial, about 3,000 people were trained in three different strategies. One of those strategies involved a computerized form of training in speed training. Uh, The other in a a task called a useful field of view task. We'll talk about that a little more in a minute. Uh, Another group was trained in, you could say, the skills of remembering. And this is sort of an intense class in which people were taught these skills on on a level in which they were uh, it w- they were meant to carry them forward into life and to, empl- to deploy them in life as a part of everyday life. And there was a third uh, training uh, session. All of these were matched in intensity in which the goal was to train people, and you could call it the skills of reasoning. Okay. And again, it was, it was a better habit strategy in which uh, over a training course of 10 hours, people were meant to carry it into everyday life. Okay. And then there was a fourth group that was a control group. So there were about... 3,000 people involved in this trial overall, so about more than 700 people in each of these limbs of the trial. Uh, And then people were evaluated immediately after training to determine whether or not they'd improved in these uh, target abilities, speed of processing in the case of the computerized training, uh, memory skills uh, uh, and, and reasoning skills, and really nice benefits were seen from the training immediately. And some evidence of generalization, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, were also recorded in the trial. And then people were looked at again a year later, and very substantial residual benefits were seen in all three groups, all three trained groups in comparison with control groups. And also people at that point were split into two subgroups. Half of people were given a brief beast, booster training shot, you could say, trained for an additional four hours to try to reinforce their strength and their abilities. And then two years passed, and at the third year benchmark, uh, the people were, were given an initial booster shot, were given a second one, another period of four hours of training. Uh, again, people were tested, and they were found to substantially retain the skills and abilities that had been, you could say, acquired as a, as a consequence of training, mm-hmm. stronger for people that received the boosters. And then seven years passed, and at the 10-year benchmark, people were tested again. And, uh, and, and it's in that from data from that final assessment that this recent exciting results have come through And and, and what those results show is that people that were trained on a computer but not by the other two strategies for a total of not more than 18 hours
0: Mm
1: -hmm. actually had about 50% less probability of the onset of dementia. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of the ways that we 're involved in, in in this is that i 've been conducting research for many years on in, in which i 've tried to understand uh, brain health and and tried to understand training based strategies that could promote brain health and on that basis we 've applied this strategy that was that was used in the active trial extensively. We, With the creators of the training program that was developed and applied in Active, we've basically created a modern version of it, which we've mounted on our website, which is called BrainHQ. And with this, uh, you could say, more contemporary version of it, we've extensively validated its use in large control trials again and demonstrating that people get the same benefits when they use this, but you could say our version of it, the modern version of it, and and and, uh, and we've looked in a variety of ways at the extensions of this speed training into real life. Because one of the things that we been seeing in the active trial is when you train in a simple way in a computer, you have very clear, strong real life benefits that are generalized past the initial, the very simple forms of training that were applied in this in this relatively limited initial dosing of, dose of training. And. Those benefits are expressed by about a 50% reduced rate of traffic accidents if the person is a driver. The person is involved in only about half as often as traffic accidents, and this benefit extends over the 10 years. So 10 years later, five years later, people have looked closely at this, and people are still having about half as many traffic accidents.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: People have also looked at the speed of processing, and speed of processing in the brain is, a, is a, one of the primary indices of, you could say, your neurological status and your neurological reserve. And what they found is that speed of processing is dramatically improved by this training, and the improvement is sustained very substantially, especially in people that have booster shots. And people that had these uh, these booster training sessions, remember uh, that they look forward to uh, a seven-year period without any training, their speed of processing was still far higher than it was either before they began training and, and, of course, far higher than in the control population. And this translates to when you look at the speed of actions of a person in an everyday task, so you can look at, in, uh, independent activities of daily living some normal thing that you do and just look at how efficiently you do it uh, an individual that was trained the last training was seven years earlier is still much faster than they were when they started ten years before and, and yeah it's amazing so it has its strong effect the effect is residual and ultimately it translates to a level of protection against dementia mm. and this is This is the first demonstration, Lauren, of an effect on dementia of any therapy. And it comes from a very, very limited dose of working in a progressive task on a computer.
0: Hmm. So uh, how do these findings compare to previous studies on brain plasticity and sustaining brain health? Does it match with your previous findings?
1: Well, first of all, it's completely consistent with what we think we see in human and animal studies because we know that what we see is that with training in this form and which we drive improvements in the resolution of information in the brain at speed is a sort of signature. It It's accounted for by a whole series of changes in the brain that clearly relate to the health of the brain. So one of the things that we've done is we've looked, of physical and functional aspects of brain health in the brains of animals near the end of life versus animals in the middle of life. And then we've trained them. And we've looked at different forms of training to try to understand whether or not we can drive those indices of health in an improving, in a rejuvenating direction. And actually, it's very easy for us to drive large-scale changes so that the brain of the animal that's really struggling near the end of life, you know, going to die not too long into the future, is very dramatically rejuvenated. So, and then we see those effects long sustained. Now, we've been trying to extend these these studies in these animal models to humans, and we have very strong evidence now that we have using the same simple training strategies and the strategy applied in this trial is of the class of things that we're applying effectively in animals. We see very strong effects in humans that are long sustained over a long period of time. That clearly have protective value. So this is a confirmation. This trial is the first confirmation that we can actually protect people substantially by a very simple form, a very inexpensive form also of intervention, working on a computer for a few hours. And you could imagine, uh, Lauren, that you, you, don't, you certainly don't li- need to limit the dosing mm-hmm. to this relatively, relatively limited level. And you can also imagine that you could be monitoring the brain health status of individuals, for example, by monitoring their speed of processing abilities across time and keeping them in a safe place much more reliably. So we think that almost certainly we can very substantially extend uh, the the period in which people are safe from the collapse into dementia uh, over longer periods with much higher reliability.
0: Mm. So looking ahead, do you anticipate that these findings could change preventative approaches to dementia and other neurodegenerative disorders?
1: I do. I, I, I think it's pretty obvious that they will. And, Lauren, what I think is going to happen is I think we're going to see an evolution in the management of brain health that's, that's, that's akin to the evolution that we've seen in the management of, let's say, cardiovascular health. If you think about it, when, you, when you go to the doctor now for your general uh, checkup, they check your blood pressure. They check blood oxygenation, other simple things. They see any indication of a problem, they would check your uh, pulse, of uh, course your pulse and your EKG. Do some, By some, simple measures, have an insight into the overall status of your cardiovascular health. So too now increasingly we understand how we can index your brain health. And certainly just measuring speed of processing is a very simple indicator. It's equivalent to blood pressure in me- me- in general health, that would give you an index of whether the person basically needs to work on, needs to take the medicine. In this case, the medicine is going to be, I think, a form of training Mm -hmm. delivered by computer in relatively simple form. So one of the things we're trying to do now at, at Brain HQ is we're trying to apply these strategies in large numbers of people monitor what's happening to them with the objective of keeping them safe. And I think this is what's going to happen. We're going to, have a, we're going to have a monitored older life in which we have relatively inexpensive and simple ways, forms of medicine, you could say, that can keep a person in a safe position in, 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 in more reliably into their, into their older age. I think the off, outcome of this is going to be people, living with their wits about them, Mm -hmm. much more reliably, to much older ages, and ultimately this is clearly going to impact not just brain health, but longevity itself.
0: Yeah. And finally, what do you believe are the next steps for research into brain plasticity and brain training to reduce the incidence of dementia (sighs) and other diseases?
1: Well, we need to reduce it to practice in the sense that we need to define the dosing. We need to know what it takes to keep a person safe. We already have an indication from the active trial that the people that were trained and did have the booster shots but nonetheless did develop dementia, this 50% of people that, that still developed dementia were people that were less effectively trained. Mm-hmm. so so we need to know what we what what constitutes a safe performance level you could say in the neurology of a person that keeps them safe that 's crucial. We also need to know whether we can apply this more effectively in individuals at high risk for the onset of dementia and how close we can come to the edge of the cliff so with people that have mild cognitive impairment or have other you could say pre-dementia levels of loss and and, and, and and already amyloid in their brain. You know how effectively we can get to these these uh, these other populations. So we're we're anxiously trying to get to all, and answer all of these questions to reduce this to practice to help people in need as fast as possible.